TV's about to record. <laughs> Only good-looking people are allowed to remain on the stage. Many of you know that Adrian and I spent three years uh, living in the Philippines, and we, uh, we did it tough over there, and uh, we traveled on boats I think we should never have traveled on. We're lucky to be alive today. I remember one that was rat-infested, uh, that big, seriously, and you're on a stretcher, they'd be peeking their eyes at you. It was interesting times. Uh, traveled to remote villages and long drops and uh, spiders and... Uh, you know, one, uh, one meal we were served dog, uh, which was pretty tasty. No, no I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't bother having the dog. I said, pass. And uh, so it was, uh, Jody was born there as well. But uh, I'm reminded of that verse, wherever your feet tread, that land I've given you. So I'm seriously expecting a great return of Filipinos coming to Christ. And so watch this space. I think God's going to do something uh, wonderful in that area. But I remember being in the Philippines, and I was in the southern island of Mindanao. We're a dangerous place, actually. A lot of uh, warfare, guerrilla warfare going on there. A lot of people lose their lives. Christians, churches get burnt, and all, all kinds of stuff happens in that place. But I was at this uh, meeting, and there was uh, a demon-possessed man. I mean, he was big-time demon-possessed, probably in his late 20s. And he was, it was so bad, he was chained up. And uh, so they had him uh, there out in, in this meeting, and I was watching as these pastors were going about delivering him and setting him free from these demons. And so being very knowledgeable pastors, James 5 verse 7 is it, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. And so I watched them. So they gathered around this guy, put their hands on him, quoted that verse and said, you know, Satan and demons, we, we resist you in Jesus' name and we command you to flee. And as they said that, they all ran for their lives. And I was like thinking like, hold on a minute. Didn't we just say, resist the devil and, uh, and, and they will, he will flee from you? And so we don't run from the devil or demons. They run from us. Is that right? The Bible says, resist the de devil and he will flee from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, from God, from the pastor. No, he will flee from you. Tell the person, he's talking about you right there. Yeah. Demons are going to flee from you. Devils are going to flee from you if you know your authority. If you don't, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to flee from you. You are going to run from there. So we just never forget we're in a spiritual battle. It's against the powers of darkness, against the devil and his demons. He's got one goal. He wants to rob you of your inheritance. He wants to rob you of your blessings that God has got in store for you. And so he's, in a sense, fighting or resisting you all the time. Now, Satan knows he's defeated. Remember when he was, Jesus was casting out demons? They said to Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? They knew where they were heading. They knew that they were defeated. Yeah. So the devil knows, and demons know they're defeated. I have one question for you. Do you know the devil is defeated? Yeah. That's not a strong response there. Yeah. If you, because if you don't know that, you're toast. You're toast. You will be beaten fair and square. But you, if you know your authority, 
It's a game breaker. It's a game changer. It's a victory winner. It's what overcomers are made of. They know, they know that the enemy's been defeated and our mission is to go back down to the enemy's camp and take back what he's stolen from us. But you, can't, you don't even dare go into the enemy's camp unless you know that you know that you know he is defeated. So the key to winning any battle is you never back off. You chase him down. You never take a step. I have a motto or try and live by it. Never retreat. No matter what's going on, never retreat in your love for God. Never retreat in getting to church. Never to retreat in worshiping loud and strong. Never retreat in reading your word. Never, no matter what the devil throws at you, never retreat. Always take a step forward and keep pushing the devil back. Otherwise, he's going to keep pushing you back and pushing you back, and he'll get you into a corner. Tell the person next to you, never retreat. And to love that, love that. So this is the battle that we are in, and it's important to understand uh, and learn spiritual warfare. You know why? Because you are in a continuous battle. Yeah. Anyone know? Anyone with me on that? You know you're in a continuous battle? Yeah. Does he ever relent? Does he ever let up? No, he doesn't. He's after us all the time. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Let me back it up with scripture. Be sober. That means don't get drunk. <laughs> Stay off the booze. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. Tell the person next to you, he's after you. Is that bad news? It may be, but it's the truth. It actually is the truth. Just remember, he's a roaring lion, but he's got false teeth. He might gum you, but he can't bite you. He's a gummer. If you know he's defeated. If you don't, he will bite you. When the children of Israel would possess the promised land, it's an interesting story. Yeah? He said, oh, look, the land, milk, and it's all yours. Go, boys, go get it. <laughs> they get to the land. <laughs> Uh-oh, there's seven enemies there. There's seven nations. It's like, it's like I'd have gone back to God and said, hold on a minute, God, can we replay the tape, please? Didn't you say that that's all out? The land's ours. The blessing is ours. You know, all the, the abundant life you promised in John 10, 10 is ours. Yeah. Well, how come there's enemies there? The fact is, friends, there are enemies. And their job is to stop you possessing your inheritance and obtaining the destiny that God has got for your life. So David said in Psalm 1834, he teaches my hands to make war. Jesus is not only a shepherd. He's not only the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the comforter, you know, or the soon and coming king, king of kings. He's not only that, friends. He is all of that, but he's also a man of war. And we don't talk a lot about the man of war because we don't like to war. We don't like to fight. We like a nice, comfortable, cushy life. Well, I do. I love my, my lazy girl that I lie on all the time. I've just renamed it, by the way. Everyone calls it lazy boy. I call her lazy girl. So <clears throat> just don't tell my wife she's in Rotorua, so it's okay. I'm on safe ground here. But I like the easy life. But the reality is it's not an easy life, friends. And it won't be until you get to heaven. And so, so Joshua, before he took the land, watch this. God said, okay, here's the promised land. 
He has an encounter with God. And he encounters God as a man of war. And we read that in James, uh, sorry, in Joshua 5:14, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come to take your inheritance, to fulfill your destiny. You need to meet God as a captain of the army of the Lord of hosts, as a warrior who is going to fight with you in the battle to overcome the enemy and to possess your possessions. Yeah, you know him as a shepherd. You know him as a comforter. Do you know him as a man of war? Do you know him as a fighting warrior who is going to help you beat the devil up, kick him out of town, and obtain your inheritance in Jesus' name? We need that revelation, friends, in our lives to fulfill what God's got in our lives and got for us. So this is another stage in your spiritual development and spiritual growth. If you've never gotten it, if you're listening to me and thinking, man, what is all this about? Well, it's something God wants to add to the arsenal of your weaponry, spiritual warfare. That's why our prayer meetings are so important. And that's why our hour of power nights Sunday are just absolutely critical because that's where we train you in spiritual warfare. That's where we get you ready for the battles that are going to come your way. How many of you know that there are battles ahead for you? Is anyone naive here thinking it's just going to be a sweet ride to heaven? It's not, friends. I'm sorry about that, but this is the reality of what the Word of God actually teaches us. And so we cannot learn to fight unless there is an enemy. How many of you ever got into a fight with no one? Some of you do. You fight yourselves. I know that. But most of us, um, we, need to, we have an enemy we have to fight. Because um, in life, we really achieve anything unless there is an obstacle. No pain, no gain. All right? That's the way it works. So develop spiritual muscles. There must be resistance in our lives. So right now, today, you're facing some battles in your life. If you're not, then you're probably not breathing. There's some battles in your home, in your family, your personal life, your health, your, you know, wherever it might be. You're facing some battles. And I want to encourage you, don't resent those battles. Now, I'm not asking you to like them. I'm not asking you to love them. But I'm just saying don't resent them because God is going to use those, is use those to develop spiritual muscle in your life and to make you stronger and ready for the battles that may be ahead of you in the future. So we're called to always be overcoming something. God's always, there's always a battle somewhere. There's always a fight somewhere. There's always a challenge somewhere. We're always, and that's how we grow. That's how we develop muscle. That's how we become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It just doesn't fall out of heaven, friends. Sorry. I mean, if you want to develop biceps like I've got, you've got to go to the gym. You've got to pull those weights up, those 100 kilogram, two 500 kilogram weights. You've got to, you know, like that, you know? It's what you've got to do, friends. You won't get a body like this. It's not going to fall out of the sky. You need resistance. You need to train yourself. You need to develop muscle. Friends, it's one thing to have biceps, but I want to know what are your spiritual biceps like? Hey? What is your spiritual muscle like? Because when the battle is on and the enemy's coming against you, I don't care if you're six foot six, weigh 120 kgs, you've got muscles the size of people's necks. Friends, it's not going to help you win the battle. It's not going to help you defeat the enemy. 
What you need is spiritual biceps. You need spiritual muscle. You need some grunt in your spirit, friends, where you can take on the enemy and smash him down. And God's working that in our lives. So don't resent all those things that are happening, in, happening to you. <laughs> there was a great pastor, Robert G. Lee. And I think he said this. He says, if you get up in the morning and you don't face the devil, you're on the wrong track. It's a real fight, friends. Because we're Christians. We're saved. Why? To deal with the devastation the enemy is causing in people's lives, in communities, in cities, in families, in nations. It's our job. So we're, we're, we, we are the army. <laughs> and so it is a battle that we are facing. And the battle is very real. Listen to this. I'm now 25 years old. I grew up in an atheist household. Last year, went to church last September for the first time. Uh, two months ago, I was baptized. I had anxiety for as long as I can remember. I suffered many, many panic attacks and depression. I had a severe drinking problem. I was self-harming daily. I want to thank you for the incredible New Zealand Beyond Conference. I had planned to come to conference and then take my own life. But God had different plans. The second night I was in the front row of all the 11 to early 30 year olds. I bought my ticket for next year and I'm filled with so much hope, passion, love for Jesus. He saved my life. He has saved my life over and over again. I have a fire in my soul. I am so ready for whatever God has got for me. <laughs> New Zealand and beyond is literally saving lives physically, not just spiritually. That's why we have to celebrate, friends, of the incredible things that have taken place over those few days in the trust arena. It was surely a great victory. Now, one of the challenges with the enemy we face is you can't see him. And this is a real problem. Because what happens is you're facing struggles, battles, afflictions, and you deal with, try to deal with them with natural weaponry. Try and deal with them in the natural. Like, you know, well, if I do this and if I do that and I... Go and see this person. Or you, you fight in the natural. But friends, you'll never defeat a spiritual enemy with natural weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And sometimes one of the biggest things we need is to discern when it actually is the enemy that is at work in our lives, our families, our circumstances. And so then we fight the devil and we don't fight people flesh and blood. You can't see him. And Paul talks about, you know, getting up, you know, boxing the air. You know, you're, you're boxing and you're trying so hard and you're still, why aren't I still winning? Because you're fighting on a natural level instead of a spiritual level. Psalm 144 verse 1, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. See, God right now is preparing you for greater things. Yeah. How many of you know God's got greater things in store for you yet? Yeah. If, if you don't, just read the book because it's all in there. His plans for you are for good and not for evil. He's got to give a future and a hope. He's got some great things in store for you. But right now, he's preparing you yeah. 
Because you don't want to get to the summit and realize you don't have the strength to stay there. You don't want to win victories that you don't have the spiritual muscle to hold that victory in Jesus' name. Some people get elevated too fast, and when they get up there, they can't handle it, and the devil just knocks them out because they weren't prepared. They didn't have the spiritual muscle and the, the, the inner strength to handle the favor and the blessing of God. And sometimes we need to be careful what we pray for because we may be praying for things beyond our capacity to handle. So right now, God's preparing you. Let him prepare you. Don't rush the thing. <laughs> Don't try and make it happen too quick. God knows what he's doing in, in his time and his way. Let him prepare you for the battles that are ahead. So 1 Samuel 17, 37, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the poor of the lion, from the poor of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The whole of the Bible and history teach us that battles are always won before the armies take the field. It's won before. See, the critical moment for any army is not when they engage the enemy in combat. It's the preparation the day before, the week before, the month before, the year before. It's not true for sports teams. It's not when the team gets on the field that's going to determine if they win or not. It's a training that's gone on the week before, the month before, the year before. They've already won that game before they even stepped onto the field. And the lesson for us, friends, is prepare or lose. If we're not prepared, we're going to lose. And God right now is preparing us, friends, for the things that are ahead of us. It didn't take Moses long to set the children of Israel free by parting the Red Sea. Raised his rod and he parted the Red Sea. But friends, it took 40 years of preparation, of discipline in the backside of the desert. So he was ready when his moment of destiny came. He was ready to raise the rod, part the Red Sea, and the whole nation walked across on dry ground. Friends, will you be ready for your moment of destiny? Will you be ready for the moment of your greatest opportunity in your life? You need to be preparing yourself now so when that moment comes, you're going to be able to raise the rod, part the sea, defeat the enemy, and walk in victory. See, it didn't take David long to defeat Goliath, did it? A few stones and whack, 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 and probably within a minute or a couple of minutes, Goliath was gone. But friends, David didn't beat Goliath. That day when he picked up those stones. No, he defeated Goliath the day that he killed a lion and a bear many years before as he was developing spiritual muscle. He took on a bear, he took out of the way, a lion out of the way. And then when Goliath came, he was ready. And this was his moment that would raise him up in the nation to be the next leader. It was a moment of his calling and his destiny. So he'd been prepared, friends, years before. So we read that actually, 1 Samuel. Oh, I've already read it, haven't I? Don't need to read that again. So preparation, developing your authority is vital. It's vital. So the trials and battles will come. But if we face them without having first met God and developed some spiritual muscle, the outcome is already decided. You will lose. Right now, there's preparation taking place. And you need to allow God to do what he needs to do in your life to get you ready for the things that are ahead. 
You know, we know Satan opposes new converts, but do you know that he even more will oppose Christians who are going on in God? The Christian life, here's the bad news, is not one of peace and pleasure. you, You won't find it in this book, friends. Come follow me and you'll have peace and pleasure forevermore. No, it says, come follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself, fight the devil. That's what my Bible says. It's not one of peace and pleasure, friends. It's one that has real challenge. And, you know, if you want to escape the struggle, you just have to draw back from loving God, serving God as much, maybe becoming a regular in church, don't read your Bible, pray. You just back off. And if you back off from following God with all your heart, then you just settle for a low-key Christian life that many people, unfortunately, settle for. But it's going to stunt your growth. It's going to render you harmless to the kingdom of darkness. And you know, Satan is not going to be too concerned about bothering a man or a woman who's quit fighting. But the cost of quitting is massive. You lose your destiny. You lose the favor and blessing of God that you've got in store for you. But also, you don't develop the muscle to fight the battles you're going to face anyway. It's gone very quiet in this place right now, but I'm just going to keep going as though you're all with me. So as we move forward in the Christian life, we can expect to encounter greater difficulties and increased hostility from the enemy. Think about that. Why? Because you're a major threat now to the enemy. You're a major threat to the powers of darkness. And so he's going to go after you with an intensity like you've not known before. But you don't have to worry. If you've prepared yourself, you've developed spiritual muscle, he can come at you with all his forces, but you're going to flick him off like flies because you've won, you've developed yourself in God. See, the Satan, Satan hates a true Christian because he was formerly a slave of Satan, and Satan can never forgive you for that affront of him. He can never forgive you. See, the Christian is like a, a Christian. He, he hates, I'll tell you who he hates even more is a praying Christian or a praying church, which we are. Because when you're a praying Christian, you are a constant threat to the stability of Satan's government. A constant threat. You're like a holy rebel on loose around the nation of New Zealand, wherever you go, with access to the throne of God, and the devil never knows where you're going to attack him from next. So he's really worried about you big time. And he needs to be. So we need to make Satan know his defeat. When Christ died and rose again, Satan was defeated. His power against God's people was broken and his destruction is short. So he can give you a few scriptures. 1 John 3, verse 8. The Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John, uh, Colossians 2, 15. God disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. In them. So what does this mean for Christians? Romans 8, 1, there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. 1 John 4, verse 4, he who is in us is stronger than he who is in the world. Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Satan is a defeated foe. We have the victory in Jesus' name. He knows he's defeated. I want you to know that he's defeated as well. When you know it, then the victory is going to be sure. So I want to give you some keys, about three or four keys to victory, how to walk in authority, all right? Number one is you've got to speak with the voice of authority. Authority is actually the right to tell someone what to do. It is. You actually have the right to tell your children what to do, by the way. Okay? It's a right. And we have been given authority to tell the devil what to do and where to go. That's authority. 
We have the right to tell him. The right to speak to him. We have the right to say to him, flee in Jesus' name. And he has to go. We have that authority. But speak with the voice of authority. So Johnny is your son. He's about five years old. Bit of a rascal. And you say, Johnny, please stop doing that. <laughs> Johnny says, whatever. <laughs> Johnny, please. Your mum's not happy about this. Stop doing this. Johnny just ignores the voice of the father or whoever it might be. Father gets a bit more worked out. Johnny, now I've told you once. I'm not going to tell you again, stop doing this. Johnny just kind of looks the other way. The father finally, Johnny, stop that now, or else you're in serious trouble with me for the next month. Johnny looks at you in the eye, and he knows whether you have authority or not. And if he knows you have authority, immediately he will do what you say. Now, the devil knows... If you know, you have authority over him. If you're not sure, you better ask Jesus to help you. You need to know. Because he's not going to run if he thinks you don't know. You can say, resist your devil in Jesus' name. He'll laugh at you. You don't really believe you have authority to command me to go, do you? So we've got to develop this in our lives, friends. And this is what, what growing in spiritual warfare is all about. So there's a boy who has this accident, no longer can speak. 20 weeks, only grunts and growls. One day he's just barking like crazy, and his mother's bawling her eyes out. Something rises within her authority in Jesus' name. She places her, his, his, her hands on his face, and she shouts, In Jesus' name, speak! Puts her fingers on his tongue and, and commanded and said, spoke to the tongue and said, Be loosed in Jesus' name. Immediately the boy spoke. That's authority. That's authority, friends. Develop the muscle in your life and watch what God will do. You, know, you do develop it over time. I reckon one of the areas I've developed spiritual muscle in a number of areas, but one is with weather. You know, I, often I can speak to the weather. No, I mean, not all the time, obviously, but probably 10, 15 times over the years I've spoken to it. I've said, rain, stop! Jesus' name. And it stopped. I've said, sun, come out in Jesus' name. 15 minutes later, it's come out. It's just, it's just an area that I've developed. But I think why God's shown me and let me do that, he's saying, Tart, I just want you to know you can develop spiritual authority. So I'm giving you in a very natural area, but there's other areas. And you watch over the years, friends, our spiritual authority is just going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And we will, in time, drive the devil out of New Zealand and turn this nation to Christ where it belongs. Number two, obedience. Tell the person next to you, I'm glad he's talking about this. <laughs> Don't we love obedience? Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. You can't walk in disobedience and expect authority. It's almost like you open up your life and say, you know, so you're in disobedience, the devil's got a foothold in your life, and then you're saying, devil who I've led into my life, I command you to go. It's not going to happen, folks. You've got to be walking in obedience to God. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. You've got to submit to God. Please, if you're not submitted to God, do not resist the devil. Because you could end up like the seven sons of Sceva. They thought they had the authority over the devil. They tried to drive these demons out, and they fled seven of them naked. 
I don't want to see any of you in this place <laughs> fleeing from here naked. Spare us, all right? Spare us the humiliation, all right? But you've got to, <laughs> you've got to take on the devil. You need to know some of the authority you carry in Jesus. Now, otherwise, he's just going to smack you around yeah. instead of you smacking him around. David McGregor, youth pastor, large church. Before it was here, he's now a senior pastor, large church. He had the stomach ulcer, just couldn't get rid of it. And he cried out to God, God, what's the deal here? And God said, put things right with your senior pastor and I'll heal you. He went and spoke to senior pastor, put it right. He said, immediately, the ulcer was gone. Friends, obedience is so important. Then the word of God. The two major weapons to walk in authority are prayer and the word. Now, I'm going to make a statement that's going to frighten many of you, but hey, this is training for the future. Your authority is proportional to the time you spend each day in God's Word and in prayer. They're the two, only two weapons with which you can fight the devil, along with, I guess, worship and things like that, but they are the two primary weapons. So my question to you today, downstairs and upstairs, what is your authority level like? How much are you in this book? How much are you in prayer? Because that's what develops spiritual muscle. That's what gives you victory over the enemy to be triumphant. I'm going to share my heart for a moment. Forgive me for what I say, all right? But I am sick and tired of Christians saying Christianity does not work. I prayed for this, it did that, it didn't happen. Friends, Christianity works. You just got to follow the blueprint of the Bible of what makes it work. And one of the major things that makes it work is prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word, friends. We got to pray and we got to get into the book. Otherwise, frankly, you are just going to be beaten out of town. By the devil. Instead of you driving him out of town, he's going to drive you out of town. Are you okay? I know this is strong language at times, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the book. It's not preached enough, friends. And many Christians end up disillusioned thinking it doesn't work. It does work. You see, soul food, friends, is not just a good idea. It's not just a good idea. This is a God idea because God is training you for the battles that are going to come your way. He's putting spiritual muscle into you. As you read this Bible, your biceps, they just grow. They grow by the day, friends. As you pray, it grows by the day. And so, friends, I want to encourage you to get into soul food. And fathers, as the head of the home, lead the way in soul food. Amen. And for you mothers who didn't like me saying the fathers are the head of the home, then you mothers lead the way and get into soul food. I don't care who does it, but somebody's got to do it. And you know why you've got to do it? You've got to do it for the sake of your children. For the sake of your children. Their eternity hangs in the balance. We have lost too many kids, young people, for too long, friends. For too long. It's got to stop. We've got to stem the tide of these kids walking away from God when they're 12, 13, 15, 17, 20 years old. And one of the ways we're going to do that, friends, is as a family, as mothers, fathers, and children, we get in to the Word of God. Come on, let's do this. It's so important. Because we're in a battle. We're in a fight, friends. But it is one we're going to win. Okay, one last point. Under authority. Matthew 8, verse 9. I'm a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go. And he goes. Another come, and he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. To have authority, we need to be under authority. 
To have command, you have to be under command. We have to be under the authority of God, of his word, and those God's placed over us, wherever that might be. We are more than conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. Don't you like that? The enemy is defeated. You need to know your authority in order to walk in victory. As we move into a season for you, for us, for the church of greater fruitfulness, of greater impact, of taking more territory for God, helping turn this nation to New Zealand, <laughs> turn this New Zealand to Jesus, helping turn this nation to Jesus. They can edit that on the tape, so don't worry about it, folks. All right? <laughs> to do this, friends, we need to know our authority over all the works of the enemy. As the musicians would come, it's time to develop more spiritual muscle to drive the enemy out of our lives, families, out of our nation. We are destined to win, and we will. We will win because I've read the last chapter of the book in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me.